This is The Winner's Take with host Nelson Rowley Raisbeck and professional sports handicapper Dave Essler. Welcome into Winner's Take. As always, I'll be your host, Nelson Rowdy Raisbeck, joined by Dave Essler, professional sports better. As always, Dave, we're going to run through Major League Baseball. We're going to go through the Friday slate for July 21st. We'll then run through the Saturday slate, which will be July 22nd. I know Dave's going to have some NFL and college football futures, as always, and uh, just continue to work through this summer where there's not a ton of sports going on. If you want to find any of our content, you can find me on Twitter at Rowdy underscore Razor. You can find Dave at Dave underscore Essler, or you can find some of his work at pregame.com. But without any further ado here, Dave, let's jump right into our July 21st. This is Friday as we're recording, Friday night MLB slate. So the very first game, Dave, that we are going to look at, it's actually going to be the Los Angeles Dodgers traveling to the Texas Rangers, 7.05 first pitch central time. Tony Gonsolin on the mound for the Dodgers. Andrew Heaney on the mound for the Texas Rangers. Dave, what are you thinking for this one? Yeah, well, I'm thinking you could probably argue this um, legitimately either way. And I think the market opened the Dodgers as favorites and I think that's flipped to Texas and you know the biggest advantage I think the Dodgers have is they've seen Heaney quite a bit more than you might think when he was with the Angels and they didn't play as many interleague series as the Dodgers played the Angels I think twice a year so they've they've seen quite a bit of them and they've hit them fairly well and you know sadly we know the Dodgers are a little more vulnerable against lefties uh, so there's your start but contrast that with the fact that the Rangers only have two at-bats off Gonsolin. I wish he was more predictable. He isn't. I mean, he went through a stretch in late May and early June where he gave up very little, but then he went for a four-game stretch where he gave up a lot. Uh, But he looked good in his first game after the All-Star game. Maybe he needed that rest. Um, He's had several bad starts. He's not pitching as well as he did earlier in the season, Uh, but neither is Heaney. So I really had a tough time with this, and I I think I'm going to take the Dodgers for the first five, and that just really boils down to exposure. Um, the Dodgers have some, and the Rangers have none. I know we, we talked about this matchup a little bit this morning on the morning show, and I agree with you. Obviously, Gonsolin has less familiarity with Texas than uh, Heaney does with with uh, the Dodgers. So I think that is a, a plus in your side. I also think just in general here, both of these bullpens aren't good. So I looked at two things. One that I, I kind of circled was maybe a Gonzalez over for strikeout props. You mentioned how he was better after the break and three and a half is pretty low going against Texas. Who's a middle of the road team striking out when there's like you said, just two at bats between everybody on the roster for Texas so I think over for Tony Gonzalez in strikeouts at three and a half could be doable. But the one that I liked the most just by kind of a process of elimination was, I don't know what you think about this, but the Dodgers team total over. I know both of these teams, the bullpens are terrible. I know that Heaney has been seen by the Dodgers quite a bit. Gonzalez, not so much. Gonzalez hasn't been the greatest. Same with Heaney. I feel like all things even, 
more would point to the Dodgers going over their total, especially since they are the underdog in this one. I believe you'll probably find that around four and a half. I would go with the Dodgers team total over. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I, I looked pretty hard at it, and they, they did put up a bunch of runs in Baltimore. Uh, so that is a very realistic possibility that, that I may be on uh, before the day is over with. So, uh, yeah, good call there. Uh, moving to our second game of the July 21st Friday slate. Going to go to a 7-10 Central Time first pitch. Going to be the Atlanta Braves taking on the Milwaukee Brewers. Michael Soroka on the mound for the Braves. Freddie Peralta going for the Brewers. Uh, Dave, I know we talked about this one a little bit this morning. What are your thoughts on uh, this game? Yeah, I mean, they haven't really changed. I mean, when Soroka came off the, the IL, his first three starts weren't very good at all, and that could be could be putting it a little mildly. It would have been probably easy to fade him in this game if he didn't look great uh, last week against Cleveland. So, you know, you got to wonder which one you're going to see. Uh, and Peralta has been at least respectable in most of his starts in the last couple of months anyway. And, you know, of course, there's a the whole home thing where he's historically better. I mean, neither team's in a great spot. You know, they both had to travel and, and you know, the Braves have been on a bit of a skid. So I think we may get a little bit more value uh, going against them. And so I think I'm going to go with the Brewers. Um, you know, I think, you know, if both teams are tired, if both teams traveled, you know, I think the Dodgers might motivate just about anybody. So if you're putting a gun to my head, I'm going to take the Brewers. Yeah, I'm with you. I actually gave this one out this morning. I, uh, I'm going to take the Milwaukee Brewers in the first five on the money line. And depending on where you look, you might be able to find that at even money plus 100. Maybe you're slightly paying a, a tax, but yeah, it's Peralta's been pretty steady and actually has been decent his last three, four starts. And you take away a couple of bad starts. It's actually been pretty solid since the, the end of May. And like you said, better at home historically. I just can't believe or I guess have much faith in Soroka when dude was really good in 2019 and then has just had arm injury after arm injury since he's only he'll be making his ninth start since 2019. And he's been very inconsistent and I agree with what you said. I think the Brewers here, it's cheaper than it probably should be just because of the Braves and how good they've been, according to the casual fan, and how good that offense has been. But I'm with you. I like the Brewers in the first five innings. I did have a prop that I looked at. Austin Riley to get a hit at minus 195. Looked like it could be a possibility. He's seen Freddie Peralta. I think he's three for seven against Peralta lifetime and also is hitting 290 on the road this year and 270 against righties, which is both better splits for him. And uh, he's actually been swinging the bat pretty well just in general. So that would be the one prop I would look at. The Austin Riley to get a hit minus a buck 95. Uh, good enough for me. I, you're way ahead of me. I haven't looked at too many props today. I looked at a couple, uh, but I didn't look at props for that game. I, I generally leave all the legwork on Brewers games to somebody that lives in Madison, Wisconsin, and that would be you. But here's the thing, Dave. With that being said, we always have some – we have a listener that always trolls me. So if I ever get the Brewers wrong, if I give out like a – say an F5 bet like this morning on the Brewers, if I get it wrong, it's my fault that they lost. Well, I mean, I haven't looked – I've looked at props. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I got some money on Gleber Torres tonight against the Royals, and I got some money on Wilmer Flores uh, against the uh, – against Washington. So uh, I just haven't got to the Brewers game yet. And, you know, I, I hope you get trolled because then you'll know what it feels like. 
oh, trust me, it's the same guy for the last handful of years. But I digress. Looking at our third and final game on the Friday slate here, going to go to a 6-10 Central Time first pitch, going to have the New York Mets traveling to Boston to take on the Red Sox. You have Kota Senga on the mound for the Mets, and you're going to have Cutter Crawford going for Boston here. Uh, Boston, the slight favorite, total sitting at nine and a half. Dave, what do you think uh, about this game? Yeah, I mean, this was pretty easy for me. I mean, Senga's been, if nothing else, very consistent. And I think, like, I know what I'm getting with him. Of course, Boston has exactly zero at-bats against him. So, I mean, there's every reason to think he goes five solid innings. And any bet on the Mets, given the state of that bullpen, basically all year, but more so lately, uh, which has been almost non-existent, it would have to be for the first five innings. I mean, I know Boston's rested, um, and, and that's the, that's really the only advantage I can see that they have. I mean, the, the Mets have won a few in a row. Uh, as much as I'm scared of Crawford because he does have an upside, you know, you can't have everything when we bet. Uh, so I'm going to go with, with option A, which was to take the Mets for the first five innings. So you're going to take the Mets there in the first five. I looked at it. And both of these guys, Senga and Crawford, neither have seen the opposing team at all. So there is a big-time lack of familiarity. Uh, I don't really want to play the full game in this one either, just because it's not like either of these bullpens are very good. And one thing I did look at for pitcher props, once I you know figured out that there was a lack of familiarity, would maybe be the over in strikeouts. But then neither of these teams strike out that much, so – kind of got off of there, didn't really love any other props, but I looked at it and I think because of the lack of familiarity and the the fact that neither of these offenses have been super good as of late and the Mets just in general haven't been good this entire year, I think I'll look at the first five innings between the Mets and the, the Red Sox to go under because looking at that nine and a half, you could probably find a first five total of about five and a half. And I think I'd take that under. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, Crawford's been good. I mean, he just shot out the Cubs. He also shot out the Twins earlier this year, but both of those games are on the road. And, you know, for some unknown reason, he has, he's gotten hit pretty hard at home. I don't know why. Maybe it's the psychology of the wall. I have no idea. Um, but it's a pretty big disparity, and it's not something I could ignore. I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not anointing the Mets, trust me, but uh, I'm not ready to jump on the Red Sox bandwagon. I do think ultimately the Red Sox will find a way to win the game. But I, I, I'm definitely with you that uh, I like the Mets first five, and it probably will stay under. So, yeah, I I, uh, I can't argue with you. And I think there could be a bit of correlation there for you, Dave, where if we don't think there's going to be a ton of runs scored and technically the Mets would be the dog in the first five innings, a little bit of correlation. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and when, when everything lines up like that and you think you got everything, um, that means the Red Sox would be ahead seven to nothing after two and we'll be pissed but you're absolutely right all right let's uh that'll be it for our friday july 21st slate let's uh fast forward to our saturday july 22nd slate uh the first game we're going to look at here it's going to be a 310 central time first pitch it's going to be the baltimore orioles traveling to tampa to take on the tampa bay rays grayson rodriguez is going for the orioles shane mcclanahan on the mound for the tampa bay rays uh, Dave, what are we thinking for our first game on this Saturday slate? Yeah, I made the mistake of betting against Rodriguez in his last outing. And, you know, in kind of hindsight, I can't think of a good reason why I did that. I think I was probably lazy 
Um, he's been hittable, but Tampa Bay's already seen him this year, so betting on Baltimore, maybe that's the sharp side, but I don't think I can get there. You know, only only twice this year McClanahan's given up more than three. So I think the easiest thing to do would be to take Tampa Bay. Um, but with Baltimore having some familiarity, um, they may be able to score a few runs. And the fact that the Rays have been on a bit of a skid lately, the Orioles, they're not. I mean, I believe they're in first place right now. Maybe maybe the Orioles' run line would be the best bet in this game. But I think I'll probably look at the Baltimore team total over uh, because that'll be a small number just because it's McClanahan. And I really want to see how the Friday game plays out. I didn't look at Friday's game before I sent you this game, but Friday night is uh, Kyle Bradish, and I, I do like them to beat Tampa Bay here Friday night. Uh, so I really want to say see how this game plays out, but if you're making me bet it right now, I'm going to take the Orioles team total over. I mean, sometimes, especially in baseball, you know, it's just momentum is a big thing, and Baltimore has it and Tampa Bay doesn't, and betting on Tampa Bay, you know, throw off McClanahan, but for the most part right now, it's betting on the do theory that, yeah, they're certainly going to do to win a game sooner or later, but that is uh, not something I want any part of. So I, I'm leaning to do something with the Orioles tomorrow, probably the team total over or the run line. And to add in a free one, I like them uh, at a plus 130-ish to beat Tampa Bay Friday night. Yeah, so I looked at it and I noticed, like you said, Grayson Rodriguez has pitched against Tampa and it was a pretty decent start five and two thirds two earned runs you know nothing to to sneeze at Shane McClanahan has also seen the Orioles he pitched pretty well but McClanahan always pitches well I mean he had a little bit of a hiccup with a sore back late right before the all-star break but this is at home where he's got an ERA sub two if I had to play a side I think the the Rays might be pretty cheap here at minus a buck 90 in the same matchup because they've been losing quite a bit here as of late. If you're really feeling the Rays, maybe you would look at the uh, first five run line just to uh, win by that half a run. But I ultimately looked at it, and I kind of agreed. Both teams have seen these two quite a bit, and there's a number of players on both sides that have had success against both pitchers. And I don't have faith in Rodriguez, and I would totally understand if some of the Orioles got to McClanahan. I actually thought this total with just these two pitchers matching up, I thought seven and a half seemed a little low. Now, again, we'll see what it looks like bullpen-wise after tonight's game, but I, I kind of looked at that over seven and a half because I think the Rays could get to Rodriguez and McClanahan could give up two or three. I'm, I'm totally in agreement. I would love McClanahan to give up three and I get a fourth off of uh, their bullpen because I do, uh, if the Rays, the Baltimore total would probably be three and a half um, without a lot of juice either way. And I definitely uh, think that they do get there. So we're we're thinking along the same lines. I don't think we love it, but I think we like it. Yeah, let's, let's move to something. Maybe we'll like something in our second matchup. This is actually going to be one of the last games on Saturday night. 8.07 Central Time first pitch. Going to be the Pittsburgh Pirates. They're headed to the Los Angeles Angels. You have Osvaldo Bidu on the mound for the Pirates, and you have Reed Detmers on the mound for the Angels. Uh, Dave, this was kind of an interesting one for me. I went back and forth a few times on this, but uh, what were your thoughts when you were going through this uh, Pirates-Angels game? Yeah, I mean, it really just came down to, you know, things that we already know, and without looking, we already know based on 
how many times we've talked about the Angels bullpen that it's not something that we want any part of. And you look at Detmers and in his last seven starts, he's got a whip under one, uh, which is, you know, pretty tasty. Uh, and I know he was hit pretty hard twice recently, um, but it was against the Dodgers and the Astros. And, you know, the Los Angeles and Houston offenses are not the Pirates offense. You know, no disrespect. The Pirates can be good. The Pirates do have the better bullpen. Um, but there's no really good reason to bet on the Pirates or or, or Beto more, speci- more specifically. I mean, they're on a losing streak again. And, you know, maybe it is that easy. I mean, the obvious bet is clearly the Angels in the first five innings. And, you know, I hate to be a master of the obvious, uh, but I think that may well be the safest bet in this game. Yeah, that was that was the obvious one. And that's kind of what I said in my head was this could be too obvious because, I mean, you look at Detmers, he's two and six with an ERA just below four and a half, but he has pitched quite well here as of late. I I looked to see if I could get to Pittsburgh, couldn't really do it. B-Dude, he doesn't really do it for me, hasn't been logging many innings. Pirates bullpen's right there with the Angels bullpen. It hasn't been great. So I, I'd have to agree with you. You'd have to probably eat a lot of juice, but uh, the Angels feel right. And maybe just because the Pirates, when they do hit, it is off of a lefty and neither of these bullpens are good. Maybe you could look at the over eight here and say that the Angels get to be due, then they get to the bullpen. Angels' bullpen isn't great. So I could maybe get to the over. Yeah, I can see that too. I wonder, I wonder, you know, that that number is probably based on the fact that, you know, the Angels can't or won't hit and and Detmers will shut down the Pirates, which, you know, that's definitely the obvious bet here. But, you know, I just don't know. The thing I, the reason I can't take the Pirates is, you know, actually at home they're above 500 on the road there. They're obviously well below 500, and I wonder, you know, I, I just I, I want to get to the Pirates. I mean, that's where the value is going to be. Um, possibly, I, maybe I could get to the to the Pirates run line, but, you know, Detmers would have to come out in the fifth and get into that bullpen a little sooner. So there's a lot of ifs there, I guess, um, and too many variables. So I, I had to stick with what I know, and that was Angels' first five, but I could definitely see an in-game bet there. Uh, if Detmers' pitch count is up, if he's not giving up a ton of runs, even if his pitch count's up and you you think he might make it five innings instead of six and a half or what, um, then I could clearly see, you know, taking the Pirates, obviously based on, you know, if it, they're losing nine to nothing, I'm not going to do that unless I get plus 14 and a half. But, I, you know, if it's if it's 3-1, 3-2 Angels and, and Detmers' pitch count is up, I could see taking the Pirates um, plus one and a half, plus two and a half. So that, if you're up late, will be something I'll be looking at doing. Yeah, and, and you said you mentioned this at the very beginning, breaking this game down. It's like sometimes it's just the obvious is the only yep. thing you really see. And you know what? Probably eight out of ten times, Reed Detmers is going to win this game in the first five innings for the Angels, but you're going to have to pay for it. Because I'm looking at it, and it's probably going to be around minus 200. But uh, that's probably what it is. Yeah, I don't think it will be quite that high, but it will be up there. Uh, looking at our third and final game for the Saturday slate, going to be a three ten Central Time first pitch. Going to be the Toronto Blue Jays traveling to Seattle to take on the Mariners. Kevin Gossman going for the Blue Jays. And then you have Logan Gilbert on the mound for the Mariners. Uh, final game of the Saturday slate. Dave, what are you thinking about for this one? Yeah, that's a tough one for me. I mean, you know, Toronto's 
been hot and, and winning and all that good stuff, but this is the first time they will have left Canada since the all-star break. And I, and I want to see if they can, they can continue on that mode. I mean, you know, we know Gaussman is historically uh, better uh, at home, but you know, he hasn't pitched in what's now going to be 13 days. So, you know, for me, that's a question of rest or rust. Uh, and I like Gilbert. I mean, there's, there's no, I mean, what's not to like is whip on the entire season is right around one. And, and that's been, I mean, he's been like the model of consistency, really. Um, I, I would have to say that that looks to me like a very easy first five under bet uh, without, you know, with looking at what may or may not happen Friday. Uh, and I happen to like Seattle uh, Friday. Uh, the market doesn't necessarily agree with me at this point. Um, but I don't like Akuchi and I do like Miller. So um, I'm thinking if I'm right, Seattle's going to win tonight. Uh, and I don't know what, what that means. I mean, it depends on how much bullpen Toronto has to use, but being that we don't know that I'm going to stick to my guns on the first five innings and, and go ahead and take the under. Yeah. So you're looking at that. And from my point of view here, you, you hit the nail on the head for me. It, it was Gossman. And the fact that, you know, you go through some of these game logs, and you're like, really? This guy hasn't pitched since July 8th? That seems weird. And I'm with you. It's like, he maybe he looks great, but I feel like more times than not, when these pitchers get out of these, you know, more than a week or so of their routine, they normally look rusty. And Gossman has been good, but I, I'm going to guess that there's more rust here than rest being good. He's already seen Seattle this year, and he threw seven scoreless, had a whip of one. I think that if, for my money, I would go with Seattle in the first five, potentially Seattle for the full game, knowing that uh, the bullpen is is good enough too. And if you look at that right now, the Mariners are currently dogs for the full game at plus 120. Maybe just because Gossman um, could be rusty and Gilbert has been hit a little bit more at home maybe look at that total being over seven because that is pretty low but I think my favorite would be the Mariners whether you're looking at the first five or the entire game yeah you probably get decent value on the Mariners because Gaussman has the bigger name if you will uh Toronto has more more media exposure I don't think people know how good Gilbert really is so you know if I'm taking a side you're probably right now that'll be it for our Saturday July 22nd slate uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find me at Rowdy underscore Razor. You can find Dave at Dave underscore Essler, or you can find some of his work at pregame.com. Uh, don't forget to listen to the podcast. Make sure you download it, like it, subscribe, share it with some of your friends, and uh, we'll continue to put more and more content out. And speaking of more and more content, Dave, as always, you have some football future for us. So uh, what were you thinking about for the football side of things for this pod. Yeah, win totals, and we'll be getting into single games here pretty soon, but I ran across another one, and, you know, you're going to go, who? I mean, it's probably not UConn, uh, but New Mexico State, college football, I, I like them to win more than five games. Um, you know, last year, remember, they got Jerry Kill, and, you know, we kind of we kind of trust him, and last year they started one and five, and, and – they rallied. They won six of their last seven. They actually went to a bowl game uh, and beat Bowling Green. So, 
you know, they got a favorable slate in Conference USA. So uh, I like Mexico State, and apparently so do my dogs. I mean, they've got uh, three of their stud offensive linemen coming back. So uh, I think they're better than people think, and I think their schedule sucks more than people think. So I'm going to take New Mexico State over five wins. Well, Dave, when you first said New Mexico State, I remember they were one of the teams, uh, we'll say a handful of years ago at this point, that were kicked out of their conference for lack of performance. And now you're telling the casual people to go take the over. But I will say this against Jerry Kill. Uh, around these parts, we remember him, obviously, as a Minnesota Golden Gopher head coach. But I'll, I will give him credit here. He is very good at taking a lower program and raising them to a respectable level. He's not the guy that ever takes them you know, to the top. But he's good at rebuilding a program into a respectable, like you said, bowl team. So if they could go to a bowl last year, and uh, be, like you said, I know that they were underdogs against Bowling Green. Win as dogs against Bowling Green. We'll see what they bring back and what they can build on. But, yes, I think Jerry Kill has had a track record for getting teams back to respectability, especially when they've been in the cellar. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and uh, I you know I see, keep taking these every week, and I keep saying I like this one almost as much. But I like them all, and I love this one too. Well, there you go, Dave, liking the – New Mexico State win total to go over for this upcoming college football season. Uh, anything on the NFL side of things, Dave? Well, if you want to pry one out of me, um, I, I think the Atlanta Falcons under uh, seven and a half wins. I mean, I, I, you know, Desmond Ritter, I mean, he's supposed to start. He's big, he's athletic, but, you know, I think he started four games last year and he looked pretty out of place. And, you know, I, I, I wonder – you know, playing at Cincinnati and, and no disrespect, but, you know, it's a quantum leap from the competition that he faced at Cincinnati to what he's facing in the NFL. And, you know, we've, we've run over that uh, tread many times. And I look at the Falcons, you know, they ran the ball um, pretty well last year. I think they were um, 13th in, in offensive DVOA. Uh, and that's not, good enough to make up for a defense that was like the third worst uh, in DVOA. And for those that don't know, that's defensive adjusted value over average. So, you know, it, it calculates success based on down and distance of every play. So it's pretty high level shit. Um, so if you suck at that and you can't get better than third worst, you know, even if Ritter does make a little bit of a leap, uh, I don't think it's enough to get the Falcons over the win total hump. So you're looking at the Falcons to go under their win total at seven and a half. You know what I think is interesting? You mentioned Desmond Ritter, who at the end of the season was kind of handed the starting job and say, all right, figure it out, kid. I do find it interesting. And I think for your bet, I think you're hoping that Desmond Ritter plays the entire year because they did sign Taylor Heineke. And Heineke is a guy that somehow finds ways to keep his team in it. So I think for your bet, I think it, it's more beneficial if Ritter plays the entire season instead of losing the job week four, because Heineke can be good enough. But yeah, they should be able to run the ball. Yeah, again. yeah I, gotta, I, I, I thought about that. And, you know, I mean, you know what you're going to get with Heineke. He's a, he's a stopgap plug in the dike type thing for Ritter. But, you know, I don't know why they wouldn't start Ritter, if not out of the gate, sooner rather than later, because 
you know, they paid him a ton of money and they drafted him fairly high. They got to find out what he is or what he isn't. So I don't think the Falcons are looking to win this year as much as they're looking to, to establish a baseline to build from. So I, uh, yeah, I, I, yes, Heineke has screwed me more times than I would care to count, but um, I'm going to, I'm going to bet he doesn't this time. You look at the the Falcons offense, they'll be able to run the football like last year. Tyler Algiers coming back, Caleb Huntley's back, Cordell Patterson, and obviously they drafted Bijan Robinson. But outside of that, I mean, they have Drake London at wide receiver. I know they signed Scotty Miller, but really does, does many casual people know who Scotty Miller is? Like you got to get down there. Yeah. They got Kyle Pitts, Johnu Smith, but Smith really didn't perform at, with your Patriots as much as he probably should have for what he was getting paid. It's hard to find a lot of skill guys that aren't a running back that are going to help Ritter here. There's not a ton of them. It's going to be basically Pitts and it's going to be um, London. So yeah, I don't, I don't know, even if he's decent, where he's going to find a lot of open players. Well, that's my thing. It's, you know, the Falcons have got a better roster than last year, but not enough, you know. Even, I love P. John Robinson. I, I took him to win the Heisman. Uh, I really love the kid. But, you know, if he doesn't have a lot of breakaway runs and then they put Ritter in, in third down situations, I, I just don't know that he's going to be able to go ahead and, and manage that. And, you know, you didn't talk about their defense and I think that's going to be a problem. They don't have the type of offense that can either come back from a decent deficit or simply outscore people. And in the NFL, you need to be able to do both of those things. Well, there's a reason I didn't talk about them, Dave. They're just not that good. There wasn't much to say about it. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that have to go perfectly right for the Falcons to win, uh, to be a 500 team or eight and nine. Well, there's your football futures. Dave likes New Mexico State to go over their win total, and he likes the Atlanta Falcons to go under their win total here, Dave. Let's wrap it up with some of our Major League Baseball best bets for uh, the podcast. Well, I won mine last week, and I think our content was superior, to be honest with you. Um, I'm going to go with, on Saturday, the uh, Orioles team total over three and a half uh, against McClanahan. And that's going to be where I'm going to draw the line. I'm writing that down right now. I'm going to go go to the well with the Milwaukee Brewers. I think there's some value with the Brewers tonight. Obviously, the, the Braves are the best team in baseball. I know they're skidding a little bit, but that offense, a lot of people know that that offense is good and the Braves are good. But Freddie Peralta has been pretty decent, and I'll stay away from the Pens. I'll take the Brewers in the first five innings and see if uh, – I can get back in the win column here. I hope you do. Me too, because July has been tough. You know, it's a transition time. You know, it's a mental hard time because we've got baseball and we want to do football, but, you know, you get spread a little too thin and, you know, play an extra round of golf and it's tough. It's a tough time of year to maintain that kind of focus and discipline. I get it. Um, Not to mention you being younger and putting so much stock in losses and wins. Um, on a daily basis that, you know, I think, you know, that's why for, for your for your mindset, I need the Brewers to win. I believe it was uh, Al Davis that said, just win, baby, win. And that's, yep. uh, that's what I live by. But uh, Dave, thanks for joining me. As always, that'll conclude our podcast for the weekend. Our best bets. Dave is going to take the Baltimore Orioles team total to go over on Saturday. And then I'm going to go with the Brewers in the first five innings 
for today, Friday. But as always, just make sure to listen, rate, subscribe, and share it with your friends. Uh, Winner's Take. Until then, though, let's continue to win some money. The Winner's Take is your podcast for everything gambling at MadCitySportsZone.com, in the Zone app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen, rate, subscribe.